Chapter Six of Pollyanna's Jewels. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pollyanna's Jewels by Harriet Loomis Smith. Pollyanna entertains. Pollyanna had made up her mind to celebrate her return home by a children's party. The parties of the Pendleton children were never formidable affairs. No attempt was made to ape the procedure of grown-ups, with invitations and decorations and an elaborate menu. Junior and Judy asked their friends to come to their party without ceremony, and there were always sandwiches and cookies for a few extra guests. On the special occasions there was vanilla ice cream and sponge cake. Pollyanna joined in the merrymaking, not with the patronizing condescension of most adults who play games with children, but with a zest that made her suspect at least a partial truth in Jimmy's oft-repeated accusation that she had really never grown up. When she consulted Mrs. McGill regarding the local confectioners, her neighbor showed the greatest interest in her plan and ended by inviting herself to be present. "'I'm a wonderfully useful person on such occasions.' and there's always some child who needs to have its nose wiped. Do let me come. I'd love to have you, Pollyanna beamed, and I may need help more than I usually do, for the party is going to be a little larger than I intended. Both Junior and Judy added several names to my list. Judy is very anxious to invite Inez Richards. She says she's a poor little girl whose mother has to work. I was surprised because... Pollyanna's explanation was checked by the discovery that Mrs. McGill was holding tightly to the clothes reel. In a paroxysm of soundless laughter, such mirth is as contagious as yawning, and Pollyanna laughed from sympathy, without having the least idea of what was so amusing. "'What are you laughing about?' she demanded, when Mrs. McGill reached the point of moaning softly and wiping her eyes. "'I can't see that the poverty of one's neighbors is an occasion for merriment.' "'Oh, if Mildred Richards could only have heard you,' murmured Mrs. McGill in an exhausted voice. "'And if I could have been present to see her face. "'To think of Judy's pitying Inez because her mother is poor. "'It isn't poverty that sends Mildred into the marts of trade, my child. "'It's the necessity for self-expression.' Pollyanna only stared. "'I suppose I'm dull, but I don't understand.' Domestic drudgery, explained Mrs. McGill, with an air of quoting, rots the very soul. A mother's first duty is growth. What sort of work does she do in the city? I believe she's one of the partners in a little gift shop on Newberry Street. I can't see why that work is so much more conducive to growth than looking after one's own child. I suspect you're old-fashioned, my dear. If you were a real modern product, it would be perfectly evident. And then, while Jim Richards is doing awfully well for a young fellow, I don't believe he could buy his wife a thousand dollars for a coat like the one she got last winter. Unexpectedly, she laughed again. I love it when you curl your lip in that scornful fashion. The only fear I've ever had about you was that you might be just a bit too sweet, and now that doubt is set at rest forever. Immediately after that conversation... Pollyanna gave Judy permission to invite Inez to the party. If the mother was not a poor woman, Pollyanna was inclined to think Inez an unfortunate child, deserving of the help and sympathy of the charitably inclined. Most of the children, when they were invited, said they would ask their mothers, 
Inez accepted without any such stipulation. The party was set for Saturday, and the hour was three, but a little before two the bell rang. Nancy hurried to answer it, putting on her clean apron as she went, and a moment later she called up the stairs informally. "'It's a little girl, Miss Pollyanna. She says she's come to the party.' Judy, whose curly head was being reduced to order, slipped from her mother's detaining hand, and rushed into the hall to reconnoiter through the banisters. "'It's Inez Richards,' she announced joyfully. "'Hello, Inez!' "'Hello,' said a piping voice below stairs, and Pollyanna, coming to reclaim her daughter, caught sight of a diminutive figure sitting very stiffly on the edge of a chair, so tall that her feet dangled uncomfortably some distance from the floor. Pollyanna was not surprised that Inez had arrived more than an hour ahead of time. Her mother was in the city, seeking expression for her personality, in selling place cards and bead bags, and the servant she had left in charge of Inez was doubtless glad to be rid of her responsibility as early as possible. "'Take off her things, Nancy,' Pollyanna directed, "'and give her a smaller chair where she'll be more comfortable.' She addressed her guest directly. "'Judy isn't ready yet, dear. She'll be down as soon as she is dressed. There are a few tardy guests at a children's party. By three o'clock every child was present, and Jiggs, who had gradually been growing more and more obstreperous, reached a state of excitement little short of frenzy. There was nothing of the misanthrope about Jiggs. He was too young to have developed that rather uncanny faculty for judging character, which generally characterizes an older dog, and he loved all humankind from his master and mistress, down through the postman and the iceman, to the shabbiest tramp who knocked at the back door and whined a request for something to eat. But, even more than men and women, Jiggs adored children. The three Pendleton youngsters were the divinities to whom the adoration of this puppy's heart lavished itself without stint. And, as the house gradually filled with minor deities in the shape of grinning small boys and preternaturally dignified little girls, Jiggs's ecstasy reached the point of delirium. He raced about the rooms barking incessantly, snatching at the handkerchiefs held loosely in small hands, or at the dangling ends of neckties, till a succession of shrieks marked his destructive course. Pollyanna captured him after a chase. He was too excited to pay the slightest attention to the word of command, and carried him struggling into the kitchen. Nancy, take Jiggs and shut him in the cellar. He's disgracing the family by his behavior. Jiggs howled dismally as he was handed into Nancy's keeping, understanding perfectly that this meant banishment from the Eden, whose privileges he had abused almost as if he had been human. Pollyanna hurried back to the party, fearing that the lamentable sounds for which Jiggs was responsible had cast a shadow over the festivities. As it proved, she might have spared her fears, for already the racket in the living room drowned out Jiggs's melancholy solo. Pollyanna started the games without waiting for Mrs. McGill's arrival. There were nine small boys standing around awkwardly, grinning impishly at one another, and alert for any chance for mischief. Her only safety, as Pollyanna knew from previous experience, was to get ahead of them in starting something, to give them plenty to do every minute, and change often enough to hold their interest and attention. The ten little girls were, for the most part, imbued with the conventional ideas of decorum, 
so that they were more tractable guests. But here and there, even in their ranks, was one so radiantly mischievous that Pollyanna realized it would be the part of wisdom never to turn her back upon her. When Mrs. McGill was admitted, she made a pretense of clapping her hands over her ears, then seized Pollyanna by the arm and pulled her into the dining-room, where she could make herself heard by raising her voice. "'Extraordinary woman! All this din under your roof, and yet you show no signs of going crazy!' "'It wouldn't do for a daily diet,' Pollyanna admitted. "'But once in a while I rather like it. I think I must lack what the average woman calls nerves.' "'Oh, Jack Horner, you mustn't!' She dived into the hall, where Jack Horner had seized Genevieve Wilkins by two long curls, and was pretending to drive her, outraging Genevieve's sensibilities by shouting, "'Giddy up!' Genevieve was one of the children whose tears are always on tap, and, before Pollyanna could check her tormentor, she was crying bitterly. Pollyanna led Jack Horner away, and Mrs. McGill devoted herself to soothing the temperamental Genevieve, while the gaiety of the party continued unabated. It was getting near time for refreshments, and Pollyanna, a trifle warm and disheveled, was reaching the point where the noise made by her own three children seemed quite sufficient, when the doorbell rang. As Nancy was occupied, Pollyanna went to answer the summons with a hazy expectation of encountering the postman or an old clothes man. Then at once, the vagueness of her mood sharpened into alert astonishment. With a surprised exclamation, she stepped out upon the porch, closing the door behind her. On the porch stood a small boy, carrying in his arms a small dog, and, at the sight of Pollyanna, the dog's stubby tail began to wag briskly, while his big mouth stretched in a canine grin. Over the dog's head, a pair of big black eyes stared up at Pollyanna. It was Philip. He got lost, the boy announced. Jiggs! Bad dog! Where did you find him? Jiggs did not belong to the sensitive type of dog that is crushed when rebuked. His crooked tail vibrated like a pendulum gone mad. He barked in a peremptory fashion and interpreted his orders by struggling to free himself from Philip's detaining clasp. Pollyanna added her voice to his. Philip loosened his hold, and Jig celebrated his freedom by leaping on his mistress and pawing her with his big puppy feet to the imminent peril of her little silk frock. Pollyanna slapped him with about as much effect as if she had been slapping a cyclone and repeated her inquiry. Where did you find him? Oh, down there. Philip's forefinger described a circle and ended by pointing to the extreme tip of the spire of the Episcopal Church. Pollyanna could not decide whether Jiggs, escaped from Durant's vial, was keeping to his own premises, or had run away, when Philip spied him and resolved to use him as a card of admission to gaieties from which he was barred. As she had no way of settling that question, Pollyanna decided that it was best to err on the side of gratitude. "'Let's go round to the back door, Philip. How would you like some ice cream and a cookie with pink frosting?' It was plain that Philip had a soul above material things. It was companionship he craved, not ice cream. As he followed at Pollyanna's heels, he gave his attention to the cheery sounds within the house. "'There's lots of little boys and girls in there,' he said. "'Yes, they make a lot of noise, don't they?' 
Pollyanna found it hard to speak lightly. So strongly did her sympathies go out to the little outcast trotting behind her. That's cause they're playin' games. I know a nice game, hinted Philip. Once I showed a little boy how to play it, and he said it was the nicest game that he ever played in his whole life. Oh, dear, thought Pollyanna. Jimmy Pendleton certainly has the easy end. When he decides that Philip must be kept away from our children, and then leaves me to do it. I'd like to see how he would act in this case. The entry of Pollyanna and her two escorts into the kitchen, by the back door, took Nancy so by surprise that she dropped a saucepan and cried, Glory be to praise, as fervently as if she had been attending prayer meeting. Then she gazed at the four-footed arrival, and her eyes fairly bulged. Good gracious, Miss Pollyanna, where did you pick up another dog that looks enough like Jiggs to be his twin brother? It is Jiggs, Nancy. How did he get out of the cellar? He ain't out of the cellar, Miss Pollyanna. He can't be, for I haven't had that door open, and there ain't a crack anywhere big enough for a mouse to squeeze through, let alone a dog. But the cellar proved to have no occupant, and, having satisfied herself on this score, Nancy remembered that, while the party was in progress, the man had called to read the gas meter. "'Jiggs must have slipped out without my seeing him,' cried Nancy, shocked at such perfidy. "'My, who'd believe he could be that sly, and him with a face as innocent as a week old baby's?' As Nancy searched the cellar for Jiggs, Pollyanna was opening the ice cream prematurely, and Philip had a heaping dish and a cookie in the shape of a heart, magnificent in pink frosting. But he ate with the air of one whose mind is on other things, and Pollyanna's sympathy detained her so long that when she rejoined Mrs. McGill, that good lady was in a state bordering on collapse. "'Oh, my dear, where have you been? The boy started shoving, and they broke that vase on the little mahogany stand. And Genevieve cried again, because somebody stepped on her toes.' Pollyanna was unruffled. Genevieve generally cries at least three times when she plays with my children for an afternoon. Today it's only been twice, and that's almost a record. And the vase only cost twenty-five cents. I put the nice things away before the party started. She clapped her hands to gain the children's attention. Listen, boys and girls, we're going to march into the dining room very, very quietly, without any pushing or crowding, and sit down in the chairs up against the wall, and wait to see what will happen. The party laughed in chorus at Pollyanna's joke, and laughed again when Judy shrieked, I know what'll happen, ice cream! And if the passage into the dining room lacked military precision, the scramble was good-natured, and even Genevieve found no occasion for tears. That night, after the children were in bed and asleep, Jimmy pretended to discover, on the society page of the Boston Evening Paper, an item relating to the day's festivities. "'Listen to this,' he exclaimed. "'This afternoon, about twenty of the younger set enjoyed the hospitality of Mrs. James Pendleton, one of the most charming hostesses of the exclusive suburb where she has resided since September. Mrs. Pendleton's daughter, known to her intimates as Judy, and her son, Junior, aided their mother in receiving. Those present reported a wail of a time. They did enjoy themselves, Pollyanna answered complacently. 
It was such fun, Jimmy. I wish you might have gotten out early enough to see them. And, well as Jimmy knew her, he did not detect a certain reservation in her enthusiasm. With all her faculty for gladness, Pollyanna could not forget the yearning look in Mrs. McGill's eyes as she helped the children on with their wraps. And, even more haunting, was the memory of Philip, his stomach full of ice cream, and his child's heart hungry. End of chapter 6 Read by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona, June 9, 2021